Faith Matters Podcast. I'm your host, John Morgan. Well, this is the podcast for Multi-Faith Matters. I am the host, John Moorhead, and today my guest is June Everett, and June is campaign director for the After School Satan Club, and she is an ordained minister of the Satanic Temple. June, welcome to the podcast. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you um, asking me to come on today. Of course. It's great to have you here. Um, I gave a very brief bio introduction for you from what I was able to find on uh, the TST website, the After School Satan Club. Is there anything you would like to add to that? Um, nope. Just a yep, campaign director for the National um, Organization of the Satanic Temple for After School Satan Club. Um, I do uh, have some uh, leadership involvement in our local congregation here in the state of Colorado. Um, and I am, like you mentioned, an ordained minister with the Satanic Temple. So I think that about covers it. Hey, well, it's great to have you here. And so folks know uh, how the, the conversation is going to unfold here in the, in this podcast. The first part, we're going to give you an opportunity to tell us about the After School Satan Clubs and how that came about, what it's all about. And then the second part, um, previously, uh, we had uh, an individual here from the uh, Child Evangelism Fellowship, uh, Lydia Kaiser, and we'll give you an opportunity to respond to that. And folks can look in the podcast notes and they will find with this podcast a link to Lucian Greaves and my conversation with him about the clubs, as well as uh, Lydia's conversation. And they can watch all of this and hopefully be better informed and draw their own conclusions. But I'd like to begin with a, a personal note, because we're human beings all on a journey, many times a very different journey, but we're, we're looking for similar things, even though we arrive at different destinations. What was your journey to Satanism like? And then how did you come to become, how did you become campaign director for the After School Satan Clubs? Sure. So it's kind of a loaded, it, there's a lot to unpack. It's kind of a loaded <laughs> question. Um, I was raised in a very secular household. I had a Jewish mother and my father was always one of those, you don't have to go to church to be a good Christian. I would consider him, you know, one that would read his Bible, you know, kind of, you know, in peace and solitary, uh, you know, when he was struggling with life. But my mom, she was Jewish. So we kind of, you know, my brother and sisters and I were raised in this not secular household. So I didn't really know what it was like to either be, um, you know, subject to any sort of pros proselytizing. I didn't know any sort of religious trauma, like a lot of the people that come to the satanic temple know. Um, so when I, you know, came into my twenties and thirties, I kind of decided for myself that I was an agnostic, an atheist, um, as things, you know, progressed. So, um, my husband and I decided to start a family and, uh, we had our kindergartner in a local public school here in Colorado. And I happened to get involved with the board of education at the time. And I was seeing red flags that, um, were taking place, but as you know, the minority atheist on the board, I decided to, you know, sort of keep things quiet for the most part. And I knew that the school was getting a good news club. Um, I didn't know a lot about it at the time. Um, and, you know, I thought I would just kind of, you know, see how it, see how it goes. 
And then one afternoon I did pick up my son from school and he was upset. Um, you know, and I talked to him about what he was upset about. And he had told me that some of his good friends had told him that because we don't believe in Jesus and because we don't go to church, that we are all going to be taken away from him and, and burn in hell for eternity, essentially. So that got my attention. And as I started researching things, I learned about the Good News Club. There is a couple documentaries that have been done in the past. Um, Catherine Stewart has an amazing book that she's written. And of course, at this time, I didn't know any of that. So I started to dig deep and I started to look into the Good News Club and learned that one of their tools is to use children in the public school sector to proselytize to their peers and their classmates. Um, so not only, you know, is it proselytizing to their children, uh, to their peers, I should say, in fear that these kids are going to turn to mom and dad and say, oh, we need to go to church or I'm going to burn in hell. But they tell these kids, you need to tell your friends too, so that they are saved. So there is this pressure there. And there's this, uh, this, um, this threat that's looming over that at any moment, the sky's going to open up and it's up to you kids to save everybody around you to make sure that that doesn't happen. So I went to work the next day. Um, I just happened to be talking to my manager and he said, hey, have you heard of the Satanic Temple? Um, they're a non-theistic you know, religion. They don't actually worship the devil. And they have a program that actually um, you know, counteracts the Good News Club. And that was basically the start of my journey. I, I got online. I found the local congregation here in Colorado. I started talking to the congregation lead at the time, and he encouraged me to start coming to some local meetings. So I did just that. And the first thing I realized as I started going to these meetings was that it hit me like a ton of bricks that this is why people go to church. I understand it. I get it now. I have a community that I've never had before. I have this bond with people that I feel are my chosen family. And all my life, you know, I never got, I never understood the church thing. And now all of a sudden I found the congregation um, here in Colorado. I start going to the meetings. I quickly get moved up to leadership within the congregation. So I'm, you know, kind of thrown into uh, the whole state and I get to meet all the wonderful people that are involved. And, you know, after some time, they asked me, hey, June, do you want to be the campaign director for After School Satan Club? And I was like, no, thanks. I am good where I'm at. My plate is full. Um, they asked me, I think, one or two other times. And then finally, I decided, you know what? This is what led me um, down my path to uh, the religion that I you know, claim today. And I would you know, like to represent um, our religion in the public school sector. Um, I have young kids. I understand how important it is to have um, religious pluralism in order for them to see different views and to understand that there are more than one choice, especially when it comes to after school activities on, you know, the religious the religious sphere. So um, that's kind of how I'm here. And um, to this day, I will, you know, die on this hill that even though we do not worship um, a higher being. And even though we do not believe in the supernatural, um, our seven tenets, our guide that we live by and the communities that have formed not only across the United States, but across the world, that there is no denying that we are a religious organization and we are this. These are part of our deeply held religious beliefs and the people that are involved are my church family. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that again. And I want folks just to, to realize that this is a journey for you, just like whatever their religious tradition may be and viewers and listeners, that they're just on a different path. 
we're all human beings trying to figure this out and work together through disagreement. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Um, in fact, I just want to make a note that, you know, many times one of the accusations is that TST is not a, a bond. It's not a real religion, right? But but it is. It's recognized by the IRS mm -hmm. and it's a non-theistic uh, religion. And what's interesting, there's an avenue now in uh, academic scholarship to look at how many atheist communities are starting to experiment with uh, different forms of religiosity, which may sound bizarre to some Christians, but it's it's a reality that's going on. So I, I forgot to, to mention at the beginning, I want to thank Stephen Bradford Long for connecting you and I. You were on his program and uh, he uh, connected us here. And folks can, if they want to know more about TST and its beliefs beyond what you and I are going to talk about today, they can look at that prior podcast with Stephen and learn more about that. So yes, it was uh, great to talk to Stephen. And I did want to say I did enjoy your interview with Lucian early on last, uh, it would have been 2022, uh, when our club started launching. And that was a really great interview that I highly recommend too. It was great. Yeah, hopefully there's no bitterness between Lucian and Stephen, because uh, Stephen, uh, what was the highest number of views for uh, one of my podcasts? And then Lucian, when he came on, it surpassed him. So, on, you know, it just is what it is. So we'll see how you fall on the, on the views when they come together. Uh, back to the After School Satan Clubs. Uh, how did those uh, come about and how many currently are there throughout the United States? Sure. So there was... Um... A after Lucian was the person behind After School Satan Club. This was in 2016, 2017, and we had quite a different structure at the time. Um, our congregations were called chapters at that time. And in order to run After School Satan Club, the chapters really had to be the ones to manage after school Satan club. So we had one in Washington state. We had one in Utah and we had one in, uh, where was it? Uh, there was one other state and I don't think it ever launched, but these congregation chapters at the time were responsible for everything. And that was, you know, getting their own insurance, figuring out how we're going to do this, figuring out, you know, how to do all the paperwork that comes with renting the space in order to host the club. And it didn't go so well. And it was no surprise because it's a lot. So these are volunteers. These are people that, you know, don't do this as, you know, their main focus. They're, they're trying to run the chapter at the time. So sadly enough, it didn't work out so well when we did our first couple clubs back in, you know, 2016, 2017. And as we were starting to, uh, you know, reorganize so that the campaigns for the Satanic Temple fell right under the national organization instead of the chapters and the congregations having to manage that, that took place. And then, of course, COVID hit. So, um, you know, 2020, I'm ready to go. And then COVID, of course, does what it does in all sorts of schools across the country are shut down. And of course, any sort of extracurricular or after school activities are shut down as well. So for me, it was kind of a waiting period um, for about a year and a half. And then it was fall of 2021 when I started to realize as I was getting emails from different parents across the nation that the Good News Club was back into the public schools doing their clubs in person after school. And I got my first email from uh, my volunteer in Moline, Illinois, and, you know, this person is not a self-identified Satanist, um, part of the free thinkers group and secular group in his area, but knew about the Good News Club in his child's school and said, hey, June, can you bring the program here? Because I would like my kids to have, 
you know, an alternative program. I don't really want them, um, you know, learning about Jesus at this time. And, you know, I want them to be able to explore different opportunities. Um, you know, their classmates are going to this club and my kids have to come home every day. So can you, can you bring the club to us? So I sat down at that point, decided that I was going to figure out the process and uh, we were able to launch. And that was actually my first club that I was able to launch. And it was the easiest club. The Board of Education understood the Supreme Court ruling from 2001 um, and they, they welcomed us with open arms. We had a couple of protesters show up that afternoon. They were nice folks. You know, we smiled and waved and there were no issues. And from there, you know, as the word spread, um, you know, I started to get more and more inquiries from different parents and teachers across the United States asking for After School Satan Club. So in my mind, I figured I had to get a few launched. I had to get the ball rolling in order to, you know, get it out there that we are an alternative to the Good News Club. Um, there's also, it's not just the Good News Club, there's LifeWise Academy. Um, they have an after-school program that is similar to the Good News Club. And we also have a bunch of, you know, um, community churches across the nation that do offer some sort of Bible club or Bible school um, after hours in our public schools. So, you know, we can go wherever those clubs exist and wherever parents would like, you know, an alternative to that. So today, um, after getting the ball rolling, um, you know, the momentum builds and we currently have uh, six clubs that have been approved that are up and running today. I have four different after school Satan clubs that are currently in the beginning process of getting volunteers lined up and getting all the paperwork lined up. Each school district has its own requirements as far as what needs to be submitted and who needs to approve what. And of course, a lot of these school districts make sure that every I is dotted with us, every T is crossed. Sometimes they'll throw in extras uh, that, you know, uh, weren't in the policy or weren't in the materials. That's something that you have to do. Um, so there's a lot of extra hoops to jump through and it requires somebody full-time to stay on these people because otherwise they're hoping that you're just going to kind of go away. And I understand why. Um, so that's me. Um, I have a hard time accepting no for an answer. And um, I'm the one that's been, you know, writing these superintendents and the boards to get our clubs in the, the space so that, you know, the families that requested us have somewhere to go after school with their kiddos. And it's not you're not knocking on the door of every school in the U.S. You come by invitation. Isn't that correct in terms of the that's process? That's absolutely correct. And I think Lydia popped out the number uh, 3,500 good news clubs across the United States. I think before COVID, um, Catherine Stewart had mentioned they were pushing six to 7,000 clubs across the United States. And as of today, I can count all my clubs on two hands. So, you know, if, if we were really after targeting every good news club, um, we would be at a much bigger scale. But for now, we are only going where the parents want us to go. Um, I even learned a lesson through one of my clubs this past year that a teacher had requested our presence. And the problem there was there's no guaranteed children to come to the club if it's a teacher. And this teacher, of course, wanted to remain anonymous in fear of any sort of backlash. Um, so I'm now requiring that the parents who request us also send their children um, and that they do not. They understand that, you know, if you want us there, that sometimes keeping your not keeping anonymous is very difficult to do because these schools want to know who's coming in. They want to know who's going to be taking care of the kids after school. Um, so I've sort of, you know, decided that that's no longer going to be a thing so that we make sure that we have kids that attend. 
the good news is the last two clubs that I've tried to launch, one was successful, one was not. Um, you might have heard about our club at um, B.M. Williams Primary in Chesapeake, Virginia. It is currently pending litigation. Um, they decided to sort of create a community uprise um, of you know people upset that have clearly put their foot down, um, and they've decided to pull our our uh, can they, they canceled our application and decided not to reapprove it based on security threats. Um, but that 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 club has seventeen families signed up to this day. And uh, prior to that, the week before that, we launched a club in California, and there's about nine families signed up that have been attending that club. So I think as the momentum continues to build, we're going to have more and more kids, um, you know, come to these these different after school Satan clubs across the nation. Would it be uh, fair to say that that the desires behind these is it brings together a couple of things: one, to provide an educational alternative. And secondly, to 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 make a statement, to perhaps even with a little theatricality, to question Christian hegemony in the public square and in the public schools. Is that correct? I mean, it does naturally take place, right? When 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 you allow certain groups to come into certain spaces and you're the majority religion in this particular country and you are all about choice and freedom and religious pluralism and all of a sudden you know a minority religion is questioned something like the satanic temple and i understand we're not part of the world religions you know even some of the minority religions in this country including you know muslims and hindu and uh you know even jewish uh jewish people um they might be considered minority in the united states but when we come along it really pushes that boundary of you know, do you mean all or do you do you mean who we get to pick and choose? So it does happen naturally that we do point out the hypocrisy um, often in our laws. Um, and I understand that a lot of these school districts don't necessarily want the Good News Club there because they understand that that line that is being blurred. And I know that the Supreme Court determined back in 2001 that children wouldn't um, somehow get confused between, you know, school work and a teacher telling you these are the facts and then immediately going to the next room over and having that same teacher tell you Jesus is real. You're going to burn in hell if you don't accept him. And if you don't tell your friends and your family the same, they're going to be taken away from you as a five and six year old. I'm I'm and including my son. How do you know the difference between the two? So that line is being blurred. And when we come in, you know, we raise the question, like, should this be a thing? Will should should kids be able to go directly to a religious club right after school? Should it be later in the afternoon or the evening when parents have to bring kids back to the school? Um, it's brought up all sorts of questions. I, I don't mean to like get onto a different tangent, but um, it naturally happens when we come along and, and question that uh, religious privilege, I should say. Yeah, those are important questions. I'm sure we'll swerve back into that in just a little bit. But uh, what do you, who leads the, the clubs that you have and what's your curriculum like? Sure. So everybody, everybody wants to know what is your curriculum? And I love this because we had like legit curriculum every month planned out. This is what you do. Here's what we talk about. Here are the activities. Here's the, you know, associated YouTube link so that the kids can watch and then answer questions. And the first thing I did was I took this amazing document that was put together um, by our people back in 2016 and 2017, and I ran it by my kids. And their reaction was, uh, this feels like school, mom. 
And the last thing we want to do after getting done with seven, eight hours of school is go sit and be told to listen to more school. Um, you know, October was all about bats and different animals that do echolocation. Um, November was about the indigenous people and, you know, how uh, things worked out with Col Christopher Columbus. Um, and different months had different themes that kind of went with the main holiday for that month. And it really was neat. Um, as an adult, I found it very, uh, you know, entertaining and amazing. As kids, though, they were like, no, no, mom, no way. So what I decided was that each club was going to be unique, um, that I was going to really empower not only my local volunteers running the club, but the kids part as part of that club to sort of develop what they wanted to do for each meeting. So I know that's disappointing for a lot of people because they they really want to know what's your structure. But, you know, naturally what happens is a lot of the activities revolve around community projects. Um, we do, you know, teach our volunteers to pay attention to the seven tenets. Not all of them are Satanists, but, you know, and be inspired by the seven tenets when you choose your activities. Um, we do not teach about uh, the seven tenets. We do not teach about non-theistic Satanism in our clubs, but we certainly could. Um, that was one point that Lydia brought up in her conversation. Um, they don't teach about Satanism. Well, we could. We just, we choose not to. Um, we might someday, we might decide, hey, the seven tenets are actually pretty cool. Uh, they basically are be a good person. And maybe the kids should need to know our seven tenets. But today we don't teach about that. Um, our religion. We don't teach about the seven tenets. We don't make them memorize anything. We don't have them sing songs. We definitely don't tell them to go tell their peers about us or, um, you know, bribe them in any sort of way to come to the club. Um, but yeah, so like, for example, we did the dog tie ropes last year and the kids all made these ropes and they ended up giving them to the local animal shelter. Um, kids love painting rocks of all ages. I don't quite understand it, but uh, my kids will paint rocks every weekend if you let them. Um, and they did kindness rocks and they painted the rocks and then distributed them throughout the community. Um, we also had one of our clubs do uh, cards for sick children in the local children's hospital. Um, we've also had a club do uh, make Da Vinci bridges, which was a really cool experiment. Um, we have uh, volunteers that do um, different things with their background. Like one of my volunteers was born and raised by firefighters. Uh, so the last club, she actually, you know, made sure that the kids were aware of fire safety and, you know, uh, you know, that they were prepared as far as, you know, knowing where to go in case of a house fire and, you know, who not to be afraid of when a big, scary firefighter comes into the house. So it, it kind of is all over the place and it's really unique as to, you know, what our um, individual after school Satan club volunteers want to do. So the, the non proselytism aspect is something that's difficult, I think, for many Christians to kind of get their minds around. But they need to keep in mind that some religious traditions don't emphasize proselytism. For example, I've got I've had conversations on the podcast with pagan friends and paganism is a non proselytizing religious tradition. That's just that's how they are. Um, so what you're saying is that that's not an aspect of, of TST. It's not what's going on in the clubs, but that, that's an option if you ever wanted to, to pursue that. It absolutely is. I mean, at the end of the day, the Good News Club and any third party organizations are essentially renting the space. Um, and as long as they abide by the policy rules that the district puts forth, and of course, local, state, and federal laws, so we're not blowing things up and we're not, you know, teaching or doing anything that would be illegal, we can do whatever we'd like. And if and we could proselytize and we could tell these kids to go tell their Christian friends that, 
you know, God's not real and that, you know, all these terrible things about what, you know, somebody who's an agnostic or an atheist or anti-theist might believe, but we draw that line we do not talk to our children that attend the club about any sort of pressure to, you know, proselytize to their friends and family to get them to come to the club or even to look and explore, you know, non-theistic Satanism. We could. And, you know, who knows what 10 or 20 years down the road will look like. But at this time, we do not. Well, shifting gears to a response to uh, Lydia Kaiser and Child Evangelism Fellowship and that podcast that we had um, there's one uh, theological slash philosophical uh, question. I, during my conversation with her, she uh, unabashedly shared uh, the, the motivations behind why she wanted uh, to have these clubs and why she thought they were a good thing. And it also dovetails with one of the concerns that I think TST has. Uh, it's interesting that there is this debate even within evangelicalism and broader Christianity about rethinking the concept of hell, especially in the con context of young children uh, and this kind of a thing. Is there not a concern that uh, TST has about the concept of eternal punishment and sharing that uh, in, in a school with children? So I'm not I'm not quite sure I follow, John, what um, the question is. So can, did, I'm did, sorry. Do you, do you have a concern? Is one of the concerns that that you've pursued personally uh, when your child was exposed to the idea of eternal conscious torment in hell was that a motivating factor perhaps for you if not for tst and wanting to provide an alternative for in the clubs you know absolutely i think personally absolutely because in my house we wanted our children to be able to explore different religions as they became adult adults as they grow to be able to learn how to read and research what, you know, um, it draws them in and what intrigues them. I wanted that to be one of the things that they were able to do. I know I can't completely shelter them and keep them in a bubble and that they're going to friends' houses. And we have family that are, of course, very, you know, different faiths and different levels of faith across, you know, the country that we visit. So I know that, you know, I can't shield them forever, but I didn't think that it was going to be coming from the public school that was going Going to be the first introduction to, you know, church equals Jesus equals if you don't believe you're going to burn and be taken away from everybody you know and love. And so, so yes, I did take personal um, uh, issue with that. Um, so when, you know, I found the satanic temple and learned more about what they were about and, you know, having been involved in the atheist community here in Colorado, I learned that it took it to a whole new level because as atheists, you don't have any sort of protections when it comes to your beliefs. You know, if you're upset because there is a 10 commandments, you know, monument on your state Capitol grounds building, you can yell and scream about it all day long. And they're just going to kind of tough, you know, go away. We're tired of it. This is how it stands. But when, you know, as a satanic temple and as a, as a Satanist, we go, this is excellent. This is a great opportunity for us to also be able to show, you know, an alternative religion. Um, we're just going to, you know, we'll put Baphomet right next to your Ten Commandments monument and we'll have After School Satan Club as an alternative to your Good News Club or LifeWise Academy or Bible Club. So, you know, the personal part of it is, yes, I take issue. If it was just the Good News Club teaching children about Jesus and singing songs and, and the proselytization, proselytizing part was taken out of it, I don't think the satanic temple would have a problem.
And I don't think I would have a problem. The problem comes with that strong part where they are taught to go after their peers and their classmates and, you know, to 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 go outside of that club, the club walls, essentially. Um, so I hope that answered the question. Yeah. Sorry for the confusing question. No, there. no, no, no. The meandering. I, I, we got there. So we did. Uh, one of the things in the, that I asked uh, Lydia to respond to, I found downloaded some of their press releases and uh, there is a characterization by CEF of the Good News Clubs as as a ploy. Um, and I tried to say, isn't it possible that they're sincere? That's a an accusation that you run into frequently. Can you can you address that? That the uh, that after school Satan Club is a ploy. Yeah, it's just a, a ploy that the atheists are at it again. And this kind no, of no, you know, uh, uh, coming from uh, my background, being raised as I mentioned earlier on secular household, and then being able to find this amazing group of people that I consider my church you know, my church, my church family, they are the people that are there for me. They're the people, they're my chosen family. They're the people that will, you know, um, do anything to help me and my family in the time of need. They uh, are my people. Um, they are absolutely my church family. And not everybody who comes to After School Satan Club is a Satanist. Not everybody who comes is part of a local congregation. But what we do find, you know, are the, is the pagan community, the secular community, the free thinkers community, um, you know, people that are atheists, agnostics. They appreciate us being there and being with like-minded people. And let's face it. At the elementary school level, it is the parents that decide that their children go or don't go. So, you know, at this level, these kids are still young. Um, lots of them don't know how to read, which the Good News Club is very, 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 very familiar with. Middle school and high school, they've kind of moved on. You've kind of missed the window to sort of to, to, to force any your, your thoughts kind of, in my opinion, down their throat. They're kind of on to their own journey at that point. Um, so this is a community of like-minded parents that send their children so that they can be with like-minded kids. And um, it's not a ploy. I could show you pictures upon pictures of the kids having a great time. Um, there was like a perfect moment when we were walking out of the doors for the club I launched in uh, Wilmington, Ohio earlier. Well, it would have been November. And there's a bunch of upset protesters just kind of standing outside waiting for us to leave. And they wouldn't let parents into the building. And I had one little guy with me. Um, we'll call him Tyler. And uh, I was walking out with him to go give him to mom. And he saw mom standing amongst the protesters and just said, mom, you know, can I come back? I had so much fun. And it's like, you'd think I paid the kid to say this, but just to see, like, I mean, he had such, you know, he had this one-on-one -on -one attention with our volunteers, which he may not get at home. He may not get, you know, during the school day. And our kids have an amazing time. The volunteers and the parents that decide to stick around have an amazing time. And it's absolutely not just a ploy to get, you know, everybody riled up, to get communities upset. Um, it happens naturally, but, you know, it is what it is. Now, the, I've noticed uh, protesting at the after school Satan clubs when you try to uh, maybe have a time for a Satanist prayer in connection with a, a school or a, a city council meeting, this kind of a thing. When you encounter the protesters in connection with your clubs, what tends to be the kind of protest? Is is it the the mistaken association with the Christian devil 
and that you're trying to bring that in? What kinds of things are they protesting? I think that's it, because a lot of them do tend to yell different Bible verses at us with, you know, megaphone. Um, a lot of them, you know, believe in the ide ideology of Satan um, in the, you know, Christian sense. Um, so it is hard for them to, uh, you know, take a step back and understand that that's not how we view Satan. We do not believe in Satan. And as we've repeated a hundred different times, we do not believe in any supernatural higher deities or beings. So most of the time, I think that they, they truly believe that we're there to, you know, create, you know, bring evil into the school or like start hexing people. I don't even know what it is that they think that we're going to do that's so terrible. But the protesters always, always, always seem to move on. The second, third, fourth club meetings, it's crickets. So it's always just that first initial shock that, oh my gosh, there's a Satan club meeting at my kid's school or in my community. And then when they realize like, you know, the earth didn't stop turning, the skies didn't open up and, you know, we, we didn't start all, you know, burning, um, you know, with fire and brimstone, they just kind of move on. So and my hope is that as After School Satan Club continues to evolve, as different Satanists throughout the world continue to show who we are as, as good people in our communities trying to do good things. My hope is in, you know, a couple of years, five, 10 years from now, ah, after school Satan Club. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Not a big deal. And we don't have to deal with the protesters because that is the last thing that we're trying to do is, is get everybody riled up and upset and, 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 you know, stressed out and anxious that we are trying to bring evil upon their schools and their communities. Another thing I'd like to get you to respond to, one of the concerns that Lydia expressed, which may resonate with other Christians, is that, well, yeah, they're going to go to these after-school Satan clubs, but then they're going to leave there and they're going to go to the internet and they're going to start searching. And this is where Christian stereotypes and fears come into play. Um, I would assume that any, Christ any uh, students who were curious would ask their instructors if they wanted more information and they would be directed to TST kinds of resources. But the fear in the stereotype is that they're going to go and find this stereotypical Satanism on the internet, which is really based more upon satanic panic and horror film tropes than anything else. So the question is, have you found any member, any attendees that have gone and searched on the internet? Now they're bringing the Necronomicon to class. <laughs> you know, keep in mind, John, that I've only been doing this for about a year and a half, like in the schools. And these kids are still elementary aged. Right. And the parents are still very involved at this point. And I wanted to, again, and Lydia brought this up as well, a parent permission slip is required. Um, so if a parent at that point decides, yep, I want my kid to join an after-school Satan club. I've done my research. I understand what these people are about. I'm going to sign and submit the form so that my child can attend. I assume that the parents who do this will answer the questions when the kids come home and want to research more or learn more about non-theistic Satanism. Um, uh, ironically, a lot of the you know uh, young 20s, early, late teens and adults that are part of the Satanic Temple tell me, you know, I had this, uh, you know, evangelical religion or, you know, Jesus shoved down my throat all of my childhood to a point that it was abusive. Um, and I wish there would have been some sort of, you know, club like yours, not that my parents would have allowed me to attend, but it just would have been nice to know that there is something else out there besides what's being shoved down my throat on a daily basis. Um, so yeah, I, I think that 
that's kind of, I lost my train of thought, um, but. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand there. One other concern that, and I think there was a great deal of confusion there on Lydia's part, is the, the question of the, the quote unquote mascot. Um, I thought in their press releases, they were referring, yeah, to your, your logo for the schools behind there. But she was referring to the Baphomet, which has uh, achieved, you know, national media attention. Um, and the the assumption there is that's a a figure of of evil. Can you respond to your, those kinds of questions and concerns? Sure. I mean, they can view it however they like. They can view Baphomet as you know evil and part of the occult and just completely outrageous and disgusting and standing for everything that they stand against, and that's okay. We do not view that Baphomet as that. We view our, you know, Baphomet as a symbol to our religion, which is not evil, which does not stand for any sort of, you know, um, different word for evil, any sort of trying to, you know, uh, doom people or try to, you know, create any sort of, uh, you know, danger or bring any sort of hellfire and brimstone onto communities. That's not, that's just not how we view Baphomet. That's not how we view Satan. So no matter what we say and no matter what we do to try to get people to understand that that symbol to us means something completely different than it does mean to you. And that's okay. That that's just how it is we can we can disagree and you know we sometimes take offense to you know pictures of jesus on a cross with blood you know dripping down and you know uh, pinned with nails to me that is terrifying and as a child when i saw that that was traumatic um so so i you know disagree that that you know what we view as different symbols as evil and terrifying and bad and and good you know it's just one of those things that that we're never probably going to come to see eye to eye on and that's okay yeah my, my hope is that folks will try to bracket their assumptions and fears and disagreement and try and understand religious symbolism and practices and everything else as a religious insider within a tradition understands it, even though they may disagree with it at the end of the day. Right. And I, I think this, unfortunately, uh, is fueled by there, there's this, as you know, longstanding equation in Christian circles, occult or esotericism equals evil equals Satan in terms of the Christian understanding of it. So right. we really have to work hard at trying to bracket that to understand you on your own terms, I think. Sure. And I wanted to mention one more important thing, John, is, you know, at the end of the day, we are fighting for religious pluralism and religious freedom for everybody. Because to me, What's scarier than Satan or Baphomet that's sitting in Salem, Massachusetts, is a government that dictates who gets to be a religion and who doesn't and who gets to have certain access and who doesn't. Because, you know, I'm not going to say probably within our lifetime, but who's to say 50 years or 100 years from now, we don't have a country where now we have a government with a gun to your head telling you, no, you cannot believe in Jesus. No, you cannot not believe um, as atheists. Some atheists still across the world are you know, persecuted for that, for not having uh, you know, any belief in any sort of God. So I want to make it clear to the Christians, and my sister just so happens to be an evangelical, and I was able to sit down with her and, and make this point. And it a light bulb did go off, you know, okay, I don't agree with what you're doing. And I don't necessarily like the symbolism. But I understand that the big picture here is a is a, you know, government that dictates who has and who does not have access to certain public 
um, you know, spheres and public access. At the end of the day, yes, the separation of church and state is supposed to be a thing. Um, but we have clearly seen those lines being blurred uh, over the last 10, 20 years. So the, the best thing we can do now is make sure that the government doesn't get to start choosing what, you know, religions have access and which ones don't. Yeah, Joseph Laycock is a scholar who's got a, written a great book on uh, the Satanic Temple. And one the of the devil. things he mentions in that book is his support of deep pluralism, not pretend pluralism, but yep. we bring our deep differences to the public square. We try to persuade each other. We debate with respect. And yet at the end of the day, we work together for the common good. So I would support that, which reminds me of if I understood Lydia, one of her her claims was, and maybe uh, I'm not going to ask you to speak for Lucian, but it, what your understanding of TST, do you folks argue for uh, this deep pluralism? Or are, you, are you interested in the so-called naked public square? Well, because we have these differences, let's keep everybody's truth claims out of it and just have a secular public square? Or do you advocate kind of this deep, everybody bring your your deepest convictions and try and persuade each other so long as we can do it in keeping with the law? Maybe you want to just share your perspective on that. Personally, um, as an atheist, as a non-believer as well, before becoming a Satanist, I absolutely took issue to that the separation of church and state and a lot of different states, a lot of different cities, a lot of different schools, districts, wherever that public sector lies, honor that separation. And there's other like <clears throat> Arkansas that do not, right? They have the Ten Commandments building or a monument up clearly for display right there on the state capitol lines. And they have decided that that is not a religious monument. It's the Ten Commandments. I don't know how you could be any more religious. Um, you know, and you have to forgive me because I'm not super articulate when it comes to digging into religious history and all the right terminology. But as, um, you know, a nation of a very diverse group of people, um, lots of minorities, you know, anywhere from the atheists and agnostics into the Muslims and the Hindus and the free thinkers and all the people of non-faith. It really is scary and it really is um, alarming when we do see, you know, our government state capitol buildings and our schools get to pick, okay, just this religion gets to be here, not you. And so, yep, I, at the end of the day, I wish it was secular. I do think our government would be a better government if we didn't bring in any sort of religion into, you know, invocations and prayers before city council meetings and, you know, in God we trust on our, um, you know, local law enforcement vehicles and 10 commandment monuments popping up and in God we trust all over the schools and different states and on our money. Like I understand how deeply embedded it is, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't agree with it. And if it's going to be a thing, we might as well keep it fair. Yeah, I, I appreciate your perspective on that. Thank you for sharing. I, I would be an advocate of both separation of church and state and a pluralistic public square. It's a very difficult thing to balance, but I think it's both legal and fair uh, right. to everybody involved. So yeah, if it's going to be a thing, it needs to be fair. So that's kind of where we're at with that. And when it's not fair, that's where obviously we take issue. Is there anything else that uh, folks should know about the after school Satan clubs or any other things you'd like to respond to? You know, I, I I wanted to mention, John, and we had briefly talked about it, that 
I, I get that there's so many people, even in listening to the board meeting for the Chesapeake Public Schools last night, that is one of the schools that we uh, had approved, been approved for, for after school Satan Club. They quick, they were quick to cancel our application um, when the parent who had requested us was afraid of being doxxed um, by a gentleman named Randy Forbes, might ring a bell. Uh, Mr. Forbes is uh, trying to uh, push the um, the Bible into different, you know, into schools across the nation. He's doing um, a whole campaign on that. Um, so this particular parent, you know, was, was completely, uh, you know, and legitimately afraid of being publicly doxxed and having something happen to her family or her house. So she did pull her name from the application. They were quick to cancel it. And then they decided we're going to create this huge community uprise and essentially create this mob mentality, which is like classic heckler's veto. Um, and that's why they're not letting us in. And listening to the board members even speak last night, after we've had numerous amounts of people show up in support and time and time tell them again, they don't worship the devil. They don't believe in a supernatural being. And I feel like, and, and this is, you know, something that I think is true. We're testing their privilege, um, their religious privilege that, you know, we're not, they're not smarter than us. They're not better looking than us. They're not richer than us. We have, we're, we're equals on all other playing fields. But when we cross that line and we challenge that religious privilege of the majority belief in this country, people take real issue to it. They don't care what we have to say. They don't care when we tell them who we are and all of the amazing things that we're doing in our communities. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, we're testing this privilege. And I'm hoping that as we continue to grow and we continue to, you know, assert ourselves in different, um, you know, cities and communities across the country, that um, that privilege might be checked a little bit um, and, and paving the way for other minority religions and people of non-faith that come along in the future. Well, it certainly is a, a fascinating time to be, uh, you know, trying trying to be an advocate for these kinds of things. And I, I know appreciate I appreciate all that you have to say. It's great to have somebody like you who is a man of faith and that understands the importance of religious pluralism and, you know, a religious freedom that once, you know, that space is opened, that it is a fair space because we're looking at much bigger issues down the road if it doesn't keep fair for all the people and all the faiths in our country. I think if it's not fair for any one of us, it's not fair for everybody. So exactly. I'm, I'm going to argue for uh, the freedoms of minority religious traditions. And I think all Christians should, even those that they find severely distasteful. It's just, uh, I, I think it's it's the ethical thing to do that flows rightly from the Christian tradition, but uh, I'll have sure. to persuade my brethren, so. Yeah, and I wanted to mention one more thing. When, you know, with dealing with Satan and the ideology that comes with Satan and Christian belief, you know, I've heard us compared to like the KKK. Well, if you're going to let the Satan Club come in, why don't you let the KKK start a club? We are not a hate group. We are not recognized as a hate group. And we do the opposite. We are all about inclusion. We are all about involving people of, you know, all different faiths and all different types and all different sexual preferences and all different races. And we never, you know, we are actually to a fault anti anything that would have to do with violence or evil or hurting other people. So, so you can't compare 
the satanic temple to hate groups because we are not a hate group and it's not the same. Um, the KKK is, is not the same as the satanic temple. Some of these other, you know, hate groups that are out there. So I wanted to make that clear as well, that we are, um, you know, our own religion. We are here to do good things. We are here to make positive impacts in our community and we should not be compared to any sort of hate groups because it's not the same. It's, it's clearly different. Yeah, I think it's an unfortunate uh, ad hominem, you know, if you can, yeah. we do it a lot in politics too, right? We do. If I had a nickel for every president that was compared to Hitler, I'd be a, a rich man, you know? That's very, that's a good example. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, well, June, I appreciate you coming on the program. Yes. I, I I would have liked to have both you and Lydia on the same program and who knows, maybe that can happen in the future. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm, just here with what I truly believe, what I'm passionate about as far as the community and the church family that I've found. And I am open to discussing my faith and my religious background and my, you know, my upcoming and what brought me here to anybody. Um, we don't take issue, you know, personally to the volunteers of the, of the good news club. Um, you know, I'm not out to like get them and they're not on my, you know, hate list or any, anything like that. We disagree with what they're doing. Um, but we're here to offer an alternative to that disagreement. So that's the best we can, you know, that's the best anyone can do. Right. Um, but you know, I'm open to talking to whoever. And I, I find that when you can actually sit and talk to people, it really does make a big difference versus just staying angry all the time online and on social media and just keeping this wall up that when you can sit and have these conversations with people, you know, it seems to make a big difference. So anytime you want me, I'm here. (laughs) I appreciate that. I couldn't agree more. That was one of the negative comments I got from a Satanist on YouTube was why, why do this with Lydia Kaiser? Why not have the two come together? And that, that was, is a possibility. It was just something we couldn't pull together and we'll have to wait and see if uh, CEF gives approval and all that good stuff, yeah. but, uh, if possible, it's uh, it's still on the table for folks who know. It's always better to talk to each other rather than just about each other. But right. at least we got to hear, uh, both of you were given an opportunity to to, resp- to hear and to make your case and to respond. And, and I think folks can draw some appropriate conclusions from that. Yep. And I appreciate that, John. I appreciate you and all that you're doing. And thank you so much for having me on. Well, thanks for being here again. I want folks to look in the program notes for links to the other podcasts that have been mentioned in these conversations. And uh, please feel free to keep the conversation going in the comment section. However, they are moderated and uh, personal attacks and and this kind of a thing will simply be deleted. Don't mind difficult questions and and this kind of thing that push the conversation forward. But We want to be respectful and informed in the process. My guest again has been June Everett. Look in the program notes for links to uh, to her activities with the After School Satan Clubs. And again, my thanks to uh, Stephen Bradford Long for making this connection and making this program possible. To everybody who is listening and watching, until the next podcast episode, this is John Moorhead with Multi-Faith Matters.